Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 429 for November 4th, 2021. I am one of your sometimes hosts, the Frelate. And I am Kyle F. And I am Mo. And I'm Adriel. And I'm Kelly. Hi, everybody. Hi. 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 Out of order there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It worked out, an didn't it? It was an ND, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Well, listen, we've ha- we've done it in order and been much worse. Mm-hmm. Even though the the names may have been out of order, no one knew that till you opened your big pie hole and ratted them out. They, I think, guys, I think you did just fine. That was very ignore, smooth. It was very try smooth. to ignore Adriel's hate. Okay, you're doing you're doing okay. Not you, Mo, but oh, like you other two, here. you're not kind of you. It's not too bad. Thank but, you. That's so good to be. That's so. It good. is just another example of Adriel picking up my slack. <laughs> I just I, uh, talking. I think I man jumped the lock queue. Was that? Yeah, you didn't give me time. Even yeah, yeah. yeah. You just and now right there. Yeah, and there was a little now, bit of dead air. I'm on it. On it. And now he's mansplaining it to you, Kelly. Yeah. And now I'm mansplaining <laughs> to you that he's mansplaining it to you. Would somebody else like to tell Kelly what I just oh, did? No. Uh, well, what Trevor just did is he mansplained. That he was that Adriel was mansplaining to you. Do you Kyle. get it now, Kyle? <laughs> oh, don't answer, Kyle. I know that that used to be Trevor. <laughs> Trevor, I know that's a trap. Don't answer. <laughs> let's just let's move on. Good All idea. right, <laughs> there you go. So let's jump into uh, what we did this week in guns, which is brought to us as always by the uh, Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. This week they have the Henry Big Boy. All weather side gate rifle mm. and uh, side gate. Side gate is when you load it from the side. That's what side gate means. See, mm. I know stuff. I used to do this for like uh, almost like a living. Henry Big Boy. So Henry Lever Action Rifles, and uh, it's almost like foreshadowing to what I've got here on my lap. Uh, Henry's been making Lever Action Rifles like forever, and they got all kinds of different nice. models. Golden Boy. The big boy, the big boy, I think, refers to like the adultish type calibers, doesn't it? Do they have a Henry little boy? Little boy. That's creepy. Oh, what I'm I'm loving this one. They've got they've got the uh, Henry Big Boy Classic here, and this is something that I will get someday. It's in pistol calibers: 44 Magnum, 44 Colt, 357 Magnum, 41 Magnum, 327 Federal Magnum. That's a cool. That's a cool cartridge. Mm. What? So yeah, What's 327. Mm. What is that? It is. It well, it's rim. Obviously, it's rimmed cartridge like all the other ones you know what adriel i'm confusing it with the no i'm not it's like a shorter 357 but not a 38 if memory serves me 
And it's supposed to be, if now it's been a long time, so bear with me, but if this is the cartridge I think it is, a lot of people brag it up as the most accurate revolver cartridge you can you can use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page on it. It says that uh, they would use it in 357s to hold one more round. Hmm. There you go. So it's not shorter. It's 2.7, not 5.7. So it's actually smaller in diameter. Ooh, I am out of practice. Hmm. All right. Well, why don't we get into uh, why don't we get into it? And uh, my name still appears at the top of the list. That's weird. So uh, you know what? I'm going to leave what's on my lap for last and talk about the boring stuff first and go out uh, my segment with uh, on a high note. Um, renewed my R pal. Do you guys remember me bragging about how I uh, during the second last renewal I took a selfie? And I uploaded the selfie and they accepted Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And this time I thought I'd be even cheekier. And I took a photo of the photo on my license. (laughs) They accepted. No, they didn't. That's what getting cheeky gets you. (laughs) You went went too far. Yeah, I I flew too close to the sun and got burned. They sent it back. Yeah. And, uh, oof, I was starting to sweat. Like it arrived literally just a couple of days before my birthday. So how long did it take? Six months? Oh God, no, not at all. I started the process in July, had my picture, um, rejected and still got it in time for my birthday. Hmm. So when was your birthday? Uh, it was, you know, a little while ago. It was October 31st. (laughs) Imagine you being born on Halloween. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then I, uh, God love New Brunswick. I applied for two ATTs uh-huh. to uh, go to some indoor matches in Nova Scotia. Uh, actually, uh, November 14th will be an indoor match at the AMA range, the indoor range in uh, Dartmouth. And so I applied for my ATT for the November match and the December match in less than 24 hours. Both. Wow! Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, you in there? Yeah. Well, I. I mean, you know, it's New Brunswick. Yeah. There's not a lot going on in the shooting world right now. So, <laughs> uh, but even when I mean, uh, you know what? I've never really had a complaint about the New Brunswick CFO's office. I've always had excellent service, and my turnaround times have been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you good. know, they have a series of questions that they ask. They kind of changed up the process a little while ago. So I just copy and paste it. I go in and I change the dates and stuff and just copy and paste it in an email and off we go. And uh, yeah. Robert's uncle? Yeah, no, Robert's my father's brother. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to try and get through this next thing without crying, but I'm not going to make any promises. Oh, no. Yeah. I want to share a uh, new family heirloom oh. uh, with everyone. This is the son of a bitch. Ruin a moment, why don't you? Screw you, Kevin Hickey. I'm busy. <laughs> Bastard. Well, they're not used People to you taste. being. Av- they're not used to you not being available on. And he's Thursday like the only evenings. guy who calls me. Like the rest of the world texts, right? How inconsiderate he wants to actually use his voice anyway. Yeah, who calls people now? Right. Jeez, yeah. people your age, Mo. But like, not I know, age, right? Right. <laughs> anyway, back to this. So, um, I th- can I ship? Hmm. I don't know if I can share the story about how he acquired it. Maybe I'll tell you guys off air if you remind me at the end of the show. Okay. But anyway, kind of a cool story how he got this rifle. And the first time he showed it to me, I told him, I said, if 
ever you want to get rid of that rifle, please let me know. So um, during is our, this? this is Officer Frank. Thank you, Kelly. I'm okay. having a hard time with this story that I even yeah. lost track of who we're talking about here. So yes, this is the uh, late, great, dearly departed um, Officer Frank. So for the listeners who have been with the show for a long, long time, uh, they know all this, but for anyone who may be new, I'll condense it really quick. Officer Frank and I met when I was in my first year of teaching and he was in his like first or second year uh, working as an RCMP officer. We both lived in a really small community and our other hobby brought us together and he brought me out shooting. He took me to the tail end of, you ready for this? SummerSlam 3. So that, that we're going mm. way back now. Um, and uh, he's like, this is Ipsic and you should try it. And I'm like, hell yeah. And so he prepared me for my firearms license and helped me get my prepare for the practical and stuff like that. And um, I got my gun license because of him. But then I kind of took a little hiatus in the archery world for a while. And I remember one time he was in my basement and he looked around at all the archery equipment and he's like, what a good thing you didn't get into guns. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course you know then we bought this new house and i built a walk-in gun room and so yeah it's way worse with the guns than with the archery but he saw it coming he knew it would happen if i got into guns and, and he was right so anyway officer frank is the guy that got me into shooting and uh he passed unfortunately uh not that long ago from cancer mm-hmm. we had a big fundraiser for him and the ccfr tracy slam fire like the community really got behind him and and raised like twenty five thousand dollars in three days or something it was amazing yeah so um one of the last things that he said to me when i was visiting him on his deathbed uh was uh when i'm gone please sell my guns for uh for my wife so i said yeah absolutely i'll take care of that and um uh, when I went over to, to see her finally, um, she asked me if I wanted one. And, uh, and so I chose this, the, the rifle that the very first time I laid my eyes on it, I told him if ever he was going to part with it, that I wanted it. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. This case, uh, this is not like faux leather. This old actual school case is beautiful. actual leather. Wow. It's, it's got a really, really nice lining in it. And what's hidden inside here is a Marlin 1836, 3030. And model, sorry, it's a 336. What was I thinking? 1836. I'm not sure. But um, it's not uh, terribly old, but it's old enough that it's a genuine Marlin. It's got the JM stamp on the barrel, which Denis was telling me is uh, an indication that it's... uh, an actual mm-hmm. Marlin and not a Remlin sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks you know, in good condition. It's in very good condition. Um, the person who he uh, got it from barely ever used it, I don't think. And I don't know if he even ever shot it, to be honest with you, Kelly. Mm-hmm. There's one little ding here on the foregrip, but, you know, whatever. The, mm-hmm. the metal's in real, real nice condition. Um It'll probably get a scope because the Marlins are easier to scope because they're, uh, what do we call it, <laughs> gate-fed mm-hmm. and side-eject. So nothing happens up at the top. So you can put some some rails on there and a, and a scope, no problem. And I love the 30-30 caliber for New Brunswick for shooting deer or bear. Uh, and we don't shoot 
great distances here anyway. Everything is pretty, pretty up close and personal. So it'd be a, a real good bush gun, a real good uh, tree stand gun. Maybe put like a one to five or one to four power scope on it or something. Irons. Wow. Beautiful. That's my, nice. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had my dad's 3030 for a long time. That's actually with my godson now. And it was a, a 72, 1972 model 94 special edition. It's got the uh, case color hardened receiver and a little bit of not super fancy scroll work, but some scroll work on it. And with that gun, I never really wanted to take it out of the house and do anything with it. This gun is very precious to me, so I wouldn't want anything to happen to it either. So I don't know how much hunting I'll do with it, but I would love to to bag a bear or a deer with it uh, yeah. in honor of Frank. So, yeah. So That's anyway, beautiful. yeah, proud to, proud to show that to uh, all of the listeners and you guys as well. New addition to the collection. So, yeah. And uh, that takes my sec- segment to an end. Who's next? Adriel, what have you been up to? Yeah, do me next. I got to show my oh, house. It's... Gotta get out of here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I hit the range one more time before uh, going, out to, going hunting. So I wanted to get out and uh, shoot my hunting stuff out a little bit further and make sure that it uh, I could make hits at long range. So, yeah, everything's good. Got the 6.5 and the 2.43, both ready to rock and roll. Uh, and then uh, Cabela's has these like Wednesday sales. And usually there's like a bunch of junk I don't care about. And every once in a while, there's one or two things in there that are like really well priced. So they had a Bino uh, harness on there for 50 bucks. And uh, I picked it up because I don't have one for this, but this set of Binos. Uh, and, you know, it's just a standard pop your binos out and uh no that's interesting i've i I've got a it's like tethered on the, the bino sets yeah. like tethered on there that's so cool. you just let them go or you can stuff them in there and and well that's that it, it the, the 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 harness is onto the case and then they're tethered to the harness interesting like i've got a couple i think i've got an easton one and maybe um another one from back in my archery days and it was like really like on bungees and mm-hmm. they would stick close to your chest, but then the bungees would, you know. But mm. with the case is nice, especially you're walking in the bush and stuff. And you look down, there's crap all over your lenses. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this one has a like straps. It straps right to your back, kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. it really, it it keeps it close to your chest. It's not going to get in the way if you're like moving around. And I, I, there's there's other ones just like this that do the exact same thing. Uh, I just need something that uh, well, the price was right, so. Otherwise, I would have just stuck a rope around it and, you know, or a strap and, and, and called it a day, right? I don't really like running binos, though, with a strap because uh, they get in the way of everything. You like when you're climbing ladders or going through the bush or just all the time. They're just they're they're always just clunking around and should um, be fine now. I don't like that. Yeah. 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 It'll be strapped to now. your chest. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the bino harness or like what Trevor mm-hmm. was saying, the bungees. If I'm on a 3D shoot, I'll just throw the bungees on the binos yeah. and. Yeah, yeah, I think for that it's fine. I think for like hiking around in the bush and uh yeah. and needing like a needing a case anyways, like you could carry the binos in a case and then strap uh, put straps on the case or just run something like this that like holds it to you and, and keeps yeah. it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Well, and typically they have other pockets so you can put your calls, wind checkers, whatever you want on yeah. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. little pockets on the sides and they have a, pa- a pocket in the back here for your phone. But the problem is that if I were to do that, if I were to take my phone and slip it in there, 
my phone battery is going to die in like, if it's <laughs> minus 10, like five minutes, 10 minutes max. And then that phone's toast. Yeah. So I got to, I got to keep my phone in like a pocket or something like that and keep it warm. Cause modern phones don't like the, don't like the cold. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's got a couple, couple straps, a couple of the different things. It's got a little zipper on the front there with a lens cloth in it and all this other kind of crap that I'm never going to use. I just need the binocular thing. It was 50 bucks on sale. So nice. Uh, I think that's it for me. I'm going hunting this weekend. So I've, I, I went and picked up a couple of things that I've packed away and I can't find. So I had to go get another knife. Uh, <laughs> I just got like a Mora knife, like the cheapest Mora knife that they yeah. had. I kept all it's like 27 bucks. And, uh, a what knife? Like a, a Mora knife, which is what now? They're like a semi-popular. No, they're a really popular cheap knife. They're like a rubber overmolded handle and a real plain blade on it, and uh, they're they're really popular. Yeah. Okay, so like yeah. some like for skinning or what have yes. you? Yeah, okay. skinning and gutting, purely for that. Comes in like a really utilitarian plastic holster. Uh, so you can like pop it on your side. It's easy to chuck onto your belt. And if you lose it in the bush, it's not, you're not going to like cry at all about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. you buy disposable hunting knives rather than like getting something you got to maintain or whatever. Mm, no, these are still good enough to maintain and yeah. stuff. Okay. But if mm-hmm. I lose it, I'm not going to, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't really like the idea of like rolling around the bush with like a $200 uh, skinning knife and getting it all gory and then having it rust on me because it's a high carbon steel instead of stainless like that, yeah. that um, yeah, you get the sharpness out of it, but I don't want to put the time into it. I don't want to put the time into maintenance. So I'd rather just get something that's stainless. It'll just work. Yeah. I hear you. I got a nice Cody pack from outdoor edge, but like if you want it properly sharpened, you send it back to them. So or do the, the fancy like Lansky thing where you like yeah. hit it from, but the Lanskys are good. They take some yeah, time to sharpen, but they do a fantastic job. Yeah, I can't that's hardly... what I go. I'll sit in front of the TV with a collection of knives and just start sharpening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And reviewing your list. <laughs> the list of people who you have. Yeah. <laughs> that's you, you put the list on the on the wood block and you throw the yeah. knives at it. <laughs> yeah. That determines told... who's next. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm totally gonna steal a joke here. My therapist told me to write letters to the people who wronged me and then burn them. And now I don't know what to do with the letters. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Not, not my joke, but I don't know if I should say who to attribute it to. I told probably not. Long. I've I've heard that one before. I don't know who actually come up with that one. Oh, I don't good. know, but I want to meet them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really good. cool. Anything else, yeah. Adriel, or is that it? Go uh, hunting. No, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go hunting in near Edson uh, in some uh, some crown land out there. So cool with mm. a listener, a listener with a listener. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, make sure that everybody knows where you are and when you're supposed to be home, and that he buys you a sandwich, and that he doesn't like rape and kill me out in the in the forest. In that <laughs> oh, order. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what have you been up to? I've been up to a couple of things. Went duck hunting, got skunked. And... You went duck hunting and got a skunk. I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like I got up early, early, went out duck hunting and got absolute zero. There was nothing moving. It was quieter. You could hear a mouse fart, like literally. There was so quiet. But on a good note, how quiet was it? <laughs> there was nothing. All on right. a good note, as I was uh, as I was uh, entering the Kincaid Ranch, it was 
six o'clock in the morning. Darker than dark, but there was a nice quieter than quiet. Dark yes. and dark. You're like Edgar Allan Poe's lost like daughter or something. Forevermore. Uh, <laughs> Good job. <laughs> there was as I was pulling into the driveway. There was a doe there, and I'm going, "Okay, you come back next week. I'll see you. Stay juicy." Deer season. So yeah, got skunked. Not happy about it, but it is what it is. You can't always expect to. You know, kill something. Well, it's hunting, not shopping, as they say. Oh, yeah. Like, really? That's why they call it hunting, not. I literally just said that. That's the. I, never mind. <laughs> I missed you. I missed you too. I also had two maple seeds at uh, Stittsville, which Stittsville is just outside of Ottawa. So the first uh, maple seed on Saturday was the Canadian University Shooting Federation event. It was sold out. It was awesome. And on Sunday, we also had another event there as well. So it was a great time. Uh, it is our last events for Ontario-ish. Uh, that being said, we kind of discussed having winter seeds as well. So starting to plan those. Uh, oh, Stittsville Range. They're my new favorite range. Well, they've always been a really good range anyways, but uh, they have their own shop there. So I went in. Really nice little gun store. Went in. I was paying the range fees for the day. And I said, hey, you got any 28 gauge? Why, yes, we do. I said, how many you got? And they said, what do you need? And I said, I'll take a couple of cases. And they said, okay. And uh, I got cases? Like cases. 50 I got cases. cases. So oh, 10, good. yeah, so 10 boxes in a case. I wow. got a few of those. So I got them at a really good deal, too. When she told me, Wall I said, or alert, mm-hmm. look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll be back tomorrow for more. Uh, so I did. And I think that I'm going to win a sandwich at some point. Adriel, are you still here? Mm-hmm. Look. Mm-hmm. Sandwich time. There you are. We have to re- review the results. I would like a tuna sandwich with lots of mayo. Sent no to crust. the mail, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that'll keep. <laughs> hey, true story, Mo. A listener mailed me a sandwich. I went on Facebook and I said, I need a buffer uh, spring retaining pin. If anybody has one in their parts container, you want to mail it to me. And it arrived with a sub from a, a gas station sub. <laughs> a gas station sub? Oh, those are the oh, best yeah. ones, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But a tuna sandwich in the mail. Yeah. I'll make it happen. There you, there you go. I know. That's and it'll, arrive, it'll arrive with those special stickers he puts on all, all mm-hmm. my packages that say rectal use only. Yeah. <laughs> Not putting it up there. On the and, outside. Yeah, I know. So the other thing I did was I got asked again to have a range day for two people at, uh, well, take them out to the range for the United Way to raise money. So I put it in again this this year. We'll see how much money we raise. Typically, it's around $300 each time, each year. So I hope it's $300 or more. But anyways, uh, also wanted to let everybody know that the, the ski club that I usually shoot at, the Kingston uh, Trap and Skeet and Sporting Clays, guess what? Wednesday night's back, back on. Huh? Yeah, that's so exciting. Nice. I couldn't go. You know what? Couldn't go yesterday. <laughs> you know why? I left my shotgun at Kelly's because we were <clears throat> duck hunting. And I was going to go back for more. Well, you so. were duck hunting? With a 28 gauge? Yeah, why not? That's how we killed the birds the last time. Ducks? Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually a pretty good shot. 
Yeah, it's not. Uh, missing isn't my concern. Just actually knocking them out of the air with a 28. Was, I was just wondering if it was actually good enough for a duck. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. Killed them dead. <laughs> Worked for me. Barely killed them, but I killed them. <laughs> Bang. Well. <laughs> Anyways, so the other thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be heading out to the Kincaid Ranch again. And I'm going to go deer hunting on Sunday with Kelly. Because uh, that's the only time that we have available that we're not working. And yeah. And so my expectation is this, like deer hunting for us is getting up in the morning and having them come to the house and shooting them off the deck. That's the only yeah. thing I know. <laughs> I like that way of deer hunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pajamas. They're literally yeah. wearing pajamas and drinking their coffee. Yeah, yeah I like that style. So, Amazing. Sounds good. Yeah. Like okay. the last time I was out at Kelly's, the deer was sitting there right at the entrance of the driveway. Like, come on. That's Stay my expectation. Juicy. Yeah, DGC said what I said to her. <laughs> yeah, anyways, but yeah, that's what we're gonna be doing. Uh, I'm super oh, just super busy at work, so I'm not able to take. I have people that I'm mentoring as well, so I'm not able to take days off. So on the weekends, we're gonna have to do some deer. That's about it. So that's it for me. What about you, Mo? Uh, I went to two Ipsic matches this weekend. Uh, the first one was at CTM, the, the indoor range in Montreal. Uh, I went on the Friday to help them build. It was uh, four stages. Then I went back on the Saturday to shoot it, and uh, it went well. Is that I mean, Nardi's, Nardi's range? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. yes. Yeah. Uh, so they just started their winter season. It was the first match, and they're doing one, one a month until May. Um, so should they, be good. Sorry. And they normally, normally don't they do one large level three indoor, like around. Yeah. And, and it's going to be, uh, February this year. Sometimes I okay. think they do it in January. Yeah. They call it the, uh, the Mick, the Montreal indoor. Challenge. Right. That's it. And, yeah. uh, arguably one of the best indoor matches that we have, and they are quite creative in how, in the things they pull off. It's, 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 we'll save it for the main topic, but. I, I've never been, but I've also never heard a bad thing about Mick. Okay. Yeah, I've heard good things. I've never been because uh, this will be the first year I'll actually get to shoot it. Um, the indoor one was, I mean, the first one was good too. And uh, so, yeah, that was Friday, Saturday. And uh, then Sunday was, uh, and this will be part of the main topic too, was an outdoor match. And that was at Eastern Ontario and uh, also near Ottawa. Uh, and it was a steady rain the whole time, um, and a mud fest. So, but it was still a lot of fun, but it was just raining the whole time. And, uh, yeah. it was four, four stages. And the last one was like, literally there was like a, 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 a bunch of an array in uh, the corner where it was just like a swamp. So you'd like run through this like muck to get to that last, that last corner. But it was, uh, it was really like fun. Like it was a nicely, um, was challenging and 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 fun. Uh, the only thing is just the rain. Then I stuck around to to help with the teardown because I was in the uh, in the last squad. Um, that's re really it. But it was good to to actually shoot two matches. It had been a month since I had shot the last one. I had done was uh, the Ontario Provincials, so it was a month in between. And then nothing this weekend. And then there'll be one after that. It's good. I mean, it's only going to be indoor ones going forward. For mm. the rest of the winter, so <laughs> and that's, I can't. I can't imagine four stages. 
Where right. for? Just that, period. Period. I've never shot a match with only four stages. Like oh, a small um, match. Yeah. Both both of them. They were both uh, all all four were long stages. Like they 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 were good long stages. They weren't like you know. Gotcha. Thirty two you know, rounds. Eight, eight, they weren't. Yeah, yeah. They were you know twenty five yeah. and above. They weren't uh, eight okay. <laughs> eight rounds. All no, right. they were they were. Yeah, of course. Like four stages would be kind of boring if it was, they were all you know too short, too long, or whatever medium. But um, yeah. Yeah, so cool. I mean, I'll talk about more in the in the main topic, yeah. but that's it for me. How about you, uh, Kyle? Oh well, basically, I went and uh, worked on the the sixty meter range. We got wood in, so uh, we went finished off our sixty meter range wall. It's ready for fill, and cool. we're pretty much out of wood again. So we need two more lifts of wood, and then we can get the hundred meter done and fill them up and call CFO to come out and inspect. Sweet. So, when do you expect to have that done by? Well, we basically got to have it before we have too much more freezing. So yeah. we're probably going to get another lift donated. And I was stopped off at the range today to see if I could get an update, but there wasn't anyone there around that could give me an update on where our wood was. So yeah. Wood's apparently cheap again. So that's probably a good getting thing, there. Right? Mm-hmm. Thank God. I got to build. Yeah. I know we were talking that we were just buy a lift and then take the one because the donated stuff, it's, it's a small sawmill. So he, he does take a little bit of time and I understand that. We all understand that. It's just, we need, if we don't get it very soon, basically if we don't have it done by the end of the month, we're not going to be able to get the fill done because the sand, even though we have a plethora of sand, it's just going to be frozen and clumping and it's not going to make, good fill for the wall yeah so we want to have that ready by the end of the month okay hopefully we can do it cool yeah and then of course the pain of the inspection well it, it the design was already pre-inspected so we should actually be, be good because even from the designs i submitted to them we've already gone over and above like okay with the 60 yard, I submitted them with the walls without uh, telephone pole baffles over it. Mm-hmm. But we're still going to do, and they approved it, and we're still going to do the telephone pole baffles. Are these walls sky baffles? What do you No, doing they here? are walls. For what? To divide With days? a shooting window. So basically, our range is oh, pretty okay. much in town. Okay. So from the shooting window, you can't see, you, you're not supposed to be able to see ground or sky. All right. Yeah. Okay. So being where we are and where people have chosen to build communities and golf courses Mm -hmm. and that we have to do this, Yeah, which is less than ideal, but it is the best choice out of all the choices we had. Right. If, if it's uh, sky baffles and ground baffles or no range, well, get to the sawmill, right? So. Yeah, like our, we'll have sky baffles on our pistol range, which I do have to get on designing that and getting that sent off. So I'll be getting on that soon. Cool. And yeah, so that'll be sky baffles because we all we'll still have multiple shooting lines lanes, mm-hmm. and so di- multiple different distances with just one target. Gotcha. So, all right, yeah. cool. And um, yeah, recorded. Uh, an episode with Taylor. I'll get that out by the end of the weekend for the asylum. Oh, sorry, man. I didn't see no. anything else written there. I thought you were done. Yeah, no, no. It's all good. All good. 
Anything else? No. Good. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, then that's going to bring us into upcoming events, which is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at telosalpha.com. Chris W. sent this one in. There's an action pistol match in Guelph, Ontario on the 19th of November at 2 p.m. Or the same match will also be held on the 20th of November at 9 and again at 11. Cool. Um, action pissing match. Action pistol match. <laughs> It'll a, be a pissing match. Well, just, you know, Guelph, Ontario is a, a pretty big place. Maybe the name of the range might, you know, might help us direct the listeners or just look for Chris W on Facebook, I guess. Well, I, what am I supposed to do with that? All right. News. Well, Broad and Gun Club, I think it's called. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Then the That's listeners the, know uh, that how match is. Yeah, there you go. Crank a bunch <laughs> of cheap beers back and yeah, Let's see who can <laughs> piss up a tree the highest. <laughs> News. Well, it's gonna Let's... be action though. Uh, <laughs> cock it before you. Never mind. Uh, let's talk about the. Okay. Are you AT ready? <laughs> let's talk about the ATRS um, items that were struck from their case. What's this all about? Does that? Uh... Who put that in there? I put that in there. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of reference uh, ATRS's post on it. Um, yeah. But essentially, like, they had a they, they brought a case in uh, for the reclassification of their firearms. Uh, it sounds like some of the items were struck uh, before the case goes forward. Um, but their main thing is continuing to move forward. That was the uh, um, main and highly significant action for misfeasance in public office. Uh, which is uh, their change to the FRT that harmed their business. Yeah. So, okay, so that's still yeah. alive then. It is still alive. Yeah, they okay, took good. some stuff out of it, but uh, it's still ticking. And uh, I think that's the piece that they wanted, anyways. I don't know. Law's weird. Like there, there's always like well, they wanted the restitution as well for the loss of business. Yeah, that got yeah. struck. Yeah, that got struck out of there. But, what else? Uh, what else got struck specifically? So, uh, uh, like. If I understand correctly here, they're not going to reverse the classification, but they're after compensation, and some of it is is being tossed before they even get there. Is that what's going on? Mm, yeah. Well, yeah they, a, uh, my understanding is they business. wanted to reverse it, and then they were going for monetary damages on a number of different fronts. Yeah. Okay. And so far, from what I've seen from it, yeah, all the monetary compensation's been scratched, but they did acknowledge that they overreached with the cease and desist and striking it on the FRT. Who got right. served with the cease and desist? ATRS. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. The government, like the CFO or the, uh, the CFO office or what? No, the CFO office and said, stop bothering us. Wow. No, no, no they cease and stop desist. Making stop them. making them. Yeah. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, next, what else we got here? Uh, the next one is uh, this just happened today, and we're just yeah. starting to get uh, some details on it. 
and the details seem a little bit weird. Getch. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So man, a man in police incident was a gun, a man shot in police incident was a gunsmith. Neighbor says. Uh, long story short, the uh, the police uh, were serving a warrant, got into this house, uh, and killed a, a gunsmith while he was with a customer at a at his home. Uh, the seven year old, seventy year old Roger Katenko. Uh, gunsmith and, with uh, a customer gunsmith. in his home. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Which is um, so they did they not there. know where they were going. Yeah, they did because they, they were serving a search warrant for our weapons. Okay, at his so, address. So you're mm-hmm. not expecting to find guns there, like guns you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like yeah. I, so so many questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I was. It's in Port Dover. Port Dover has some significant organized crime, um, mm. aka motorcycle clubs, specifically. Motorcycle clubs. This guy has a seven-year-old gun. <laughs> hey, you know what? Make yeah. your point. I'm just saying that Port Dover, and uh, sometimes there's a little maybe bit some of bias custom- about the people that live there. Or- That's yeah. not an know. excuse. Oh, no. I know it's not an excuse, but it is what it is. No, it's not what it is. Stop. I don't give a shit if he lives next door to the Hell's Angels biggest clubhouse in Port Dover. You don't just go into a 70 year old gunsmith's home and shoot him and say, "Oh, no. well, high crime area." No, What's, you don't. But I so, think that there might have been some bias or expectation if they're going to go and do a weapon. Well, I think there was some balls uh, dropped and a lack you of think? investigation ahead of time. But we're also like, speculating on what was going on because we don't know what happened today. Much. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it could have been a, a no-knock raid. They could have. Mm-hmm. Um, in Canada, they do no-knocks for, uh, uh, as we discovered today, uh, drugs, uh, uh, child pornography, and firearms. And I think the risk there is that if you break into someone's, if you bust the door open unannounced into someone's house and they've got guns on them uh, and you're looking for someone with guns and you're going to shoot someone with guns and it's a gunsmith, there's, there's some guns. obvious, there's some <laughs> obvious risks. Yeah. Are, are yeah. I don't mean there. to laugh, but there's probably guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we don't know if this is a no knock or if this was a, or, or what happened here. So I'm assuming know. that it was a no knock. Well, in two days, we won't hear anything more about it. They'll go back yeah, to probably. COVID and. Oh, sorry. Active well, no, because it's Toronto active police. So I'll just go no. right under the rug and. Yeah. Well, they won't give any details. We, sorry, we can't comment. An, there's an active investigation on that. Yeah. Acer's looking yeah. into it or whatever the Ontario version yeah. of that is. Now, if and, Alec Baldwin uh, was involved, in this, <laughs> just we'd get details that. for days. Yeah. Because the man can't shut his pie hole. Yeah. Yeah, they might be the wrong details, but we get details, right? Oh, did you something. see the, did, did you see that the armor is blaming the DA and the DA is blaming the armor now? Yeah, a lot of figures. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, she yeah. finally broke her silence and she came out and made her statement. And she's yeah. blaming who? The, the assistant director. The, the yeah, yeah. The AD, AD did something wrong. The, AD, the right. AD picked up a gun and said, "This is a cold gun," and gave it to Alec Baldwin. But uh, why was it loaded on a cart? Hmm. Yeah, why was it live ammo on a film set? Come on, anyway. Right. And I mean, yeah. and um, a lot of what she, she was also mentioning that she kind of made it sound like they were pushing her around, but then it comes back to, well, if your job is safety on the set, then you've got to push back. You have on, the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to push. By back the way, Dustin was such a great guest last week. Got so much positive feedback yeah. about it. Like, I know we got to move on, but like, in my opinion, whoever brought the live ammo to a movie set, you start there. 
when you're laying the blame. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, CCFR legal fund donations, they continue to pour in the uh, Islington. I'm probably mm-hmm. bastardizing that. Sportsman yep, Club right. donated 3400 I don't need you guys to tell me if it's right. Just just move on. Okay. You know what? Can, Since can you do the show by yourself, then we're all going to leave. Well, you first, and let's see if the rest follow. Ken Cartridge Canada, $3,500. And I know anyways. <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> so now... Oh, Kelly's God. Oh, no. <laughs> now it's more important than ever to become a member. Donate to the legal fund by sending an EMT to finance at firearmsrights.ca. Keep your right to defile your guns. Yes, you can still modify drum and slash Dremel your guns. What's this about? The Adriel, it's got Dremel. So are you still here? Because this is probably all you. Yeah, this is the thing that we're doing. Uh, this is uh, if you want to help support the CCFR and get a chance to win a Dremel. I uh, haven't got her to rage quit in like a year. That's amazing. Uh, you asked for it though. <laughs> you had to. You forced her into a corner. Well, she not co- and she's not coming back though. I, I don't know. Why do you go find out? <laughs> Step up the hall and see if she's there. <laughs> yes, Jesus Christ! You were saying, Adriel? Oh yeah, you'll get a chance to win a Dremel. Uh, EMT, okay. uh, uh, EMT, the uh, CCFR sent us proof, and uh, and maybe you'll win a Dremel, and it'll be autographed, and it'll come with some stickers, and it's a cordless. Real brand Dremel, not like Power Fist or any of that kind of stuff that you get at Princess Auto. And, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So you, so it's a contest that that uh, we're doing with the CCFR. Well, we're doing it. CCFR is the benefactor. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah. Have you All used right. it yet? Have I used it yet? No, I don't have any guns. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm sure, you can Allegedly. find some just to. I could, yeah, yeah. Just make some designs on the house. side. All right, should go I go with my buddy's house with that carbide thing and just start scrolling in, like maybe my initials or something like that? Yeah, maybe the the register on it. I, like, yeah. I could still put the register number of my pistols on those things. Do we actually go through the details here? How they can participate? Yeah, just send an email emt to finance at firearmsrights.ca and uh, and then email the show and let let us know that you donated. Uh, we have the Josh password Victor help CCFR on your email, on your EMT. Do you think the CCFR has auto deposit already set up? Someone actually well, mentioned it's in the show that notes. a couple weeks ago for a reason. So, and the Kyle, links are in the comments you... if someone needs them. Okay, what yeah. was that, uh, Kyle? I said the links are in the comments if anyone needs them. I think a couple weeks ah. ago someone said that they have auto deposit set up. Oh, there you go. All right, so that's it's, it's twenty twenty one. Everyone has to have auto deposit set up. You I don't know. <laughs> well, and as I said, the password was in the show notes. So what was I to think? So um, draw happens November 18th. And this week, Josh V, Victor F, and Calvin M have all donated. Awesome. Previous weeks, Richard, Justin, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Anthony, Joel, Russ, and Lincoln. That's awesome. So Jennifer just got uh, one of them go fast mag releases for her PC carbine. So it drops the magazine with the right finger. Nice. Nice. Pretty hot. Pretty hot. Yeah. All right. Uh, New gun stuff, which is brought to us by Bolt Action Coffee. Slam Fire Radio is a proud ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. Coffee is roasted in small batches. And it's quite honestly some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. I've had it. It's true. 
send it to your house by going to boltactioncoffee.com. Use the discount code SLAMFIRE. New gun stuff. What is this Arkin thing you speak of? Let me share my screen. These guys. Uh, OpticSpice.ca. Never heard of this website before, but apparently they have Arkin stuff. And uh, Arkin is like a budget PRS optic uh, that they are apparently liking in the U.S. I haven't... uh, I haven't seen them in Canada yet, but apparently they're in Canada now. Hmm. Now, one of the things I saw in here that was super interesting, uh, 34 millimeter rings are kind of hard to get. Check this out. 34 millimeter optics rail for like AR kind of a thing with a 20 MOA cant on Mm. it for 90 bucks. Nice. Wow. That is downright affordable. That looks like a nice set of rings. Yeah. Although the, the whole torque on the engraved on it i don't know i've heard some people who dislike that and as a user of uh this stuff uh i don't mind it i don't mind having that stuff written right on there you know what i'm with you because i i sometimes lose the piece of paper that came with the rings and then i gotta go look online because they're not all the same and i do have Mm -hmm. a wheeler fat wrench and i do use it and i do follow Mm -hmm. the manufacturer specs so Hey, no piece of paper to lose. I I feel it's a quick Google search to figure it out, but yeah. It is handy. I mean, yes, it's a quick Google search. You can do it on your phone. You don't have to log into your VIC-20, but it's right there. So you don't have to pull your phone out of your pocket. Fair. Yeah. Anyways, I like it. There's not that many 34 millimeter uh, mounts out there, and this one's super inexpensive. And they got so much other like stuff, Arkin stuff. If you're if you're interested in that, R two or R S. What is this now? R S Q one. So there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of uh, non restricted semi autos that are, um, I don't know that I think they're like like getting made by like boutique makers. This is one of them, and that's that's like got some real weirdness around it. And I just wanted to let people know so that if they see one of these for sale to know that there's some weirdness going around uh, the RSQ one, it kind of looks like the, uh, uh, the modern sporter that it's got like that T rail kind of a, kind of a thing to it, but it's not, it's not made by them. It's made by someone else. Um, it's made by Adler, a Steven Adler. Uh, there's some distributor. in yeah, and there's some st- a distributor in BC that has like a whole bunch of different business names. Anyways, uh, this thing's Sketch AF. Um, don't pre-buy one of these things. Uh, and there's a thread on CGN where this guy like pre-paid for it and was supposed to have mm-hmm. it like uh, six months ago, and it's not here. And seven months. Uh, yeah, it's, it I looks like it, it. It walks a quacks uh, like a scam. <laughs> oh, like three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. Like Damn. no communication whatsoever. Like, well, and then I think we've talked about it before on the show. But one of the risks of buying a weird rifle that's boutiquey like this is um, they're not getting not an FRT. Enough. Their, their yeah. FRT is we are saying it's non-restricted. If at any yeah. point the RCMP is like, nope, we think this is prohib. You have your recourse is to go back to the manufacturer and say, Hey, you said this was non restricted and it's not. Give me my money back. 
If it's a small, yeah. like a dink, rinky dink little operation, you will not get your money back. They'll just fold like a deck of cards. Your money's yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. On so, okay, but on that note, if the manufacturer goes to the lab oh. and through the FRT, mm -hmm. as we've seen in recent history, that doesn't mean anything either because they just change stuff like well, when bolt like action it... that looks like an AR. Right, but you feel better about the other one, yeah. yeah. I mean, manufacturers are not going to give your money back on that, and I wouldn't expect them to. They change stuff on a whim anyways not, when you follow that process. Not if they change it afterwards. So if you get an initial ruling, and then later the RCMP changes their mind, you'd have to take that up with the RCMP. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. if the manufacturer says it's non-restricted, non and the RCMP looks at it and says, no, that's prohib, then you have to go back to the manufacturer. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. But I agree with yeah. you. They're, like you said, they're going to fold. You'll be no further ahead. So if the RCMP yeah. changes it, you're screwed. If they say it and then it's they were wrong, you're still screwed no matter what. So yeah, yeah. the the moral here is don't buy sketchy AF guns. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And Steven Adler was the original drummer of Guns N' Roses and he was kicked out for uh, drugs and alcohol problems and stuff. Oh, look at you, Mo. Designing guns now. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I'm assuming it's not the same guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, Mo. Not gonna Thank lie. <laughs> um, what is the um, the next mm -hmm. item, Adriel? The uh, oh well, let's talk about the bullseye. I got distracted by the R18, but Bullseye North is selling 5,000 CCI mini mags, which is pretty snotty 22 ammo. 5,000 for 483 bucks. I'm on so, it. Yeah, you, everyone should be. That's uh. 10 cents oh. per on, on a mini mag was what yeah. I paid two years ago, and it was a pretty good deal. This is less than 10 cents around. This is a, I, this is a fantastic deal for mini mags. Yeah. I, I like this stuff in um, semi automatic 22 handguns more than yeah. anything else because it tends to not be the most accurate out of rifles. But if you got like a, a semi auto that needs some stank to cycle the action, if you got a semi automatic okay. pistol that needs some, you know, these are great for if you're like breaking in one of the Glock 22 conversion kits. Yeah. That, yeah so it works. Yeah. 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 It works. And it works. The, now the R18. Yeah. What is this? What is this now? Uh, 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 oh. oh, go back to the go back. Go back. Huh? I just want this. There's me huh? waiting for Trevor. Uh. <laughs> Looking good. Waiting me, for, waiting for me to what? I don't know. I didn't go anywhere. Message me back. Oh yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> All right. So this is a um, Sterling Arms has been making a couple of things. It's a it's a company in the UK. Uh, they've been making them and bringing them into Canada. This, like, you wouldn't know it from looking at it. This is a 180 clone. Seriously. Yeah, it's a 180 clone inside there somewhere is a 180 operate uh, uh, mechanism. Uh, I want to draw your attention to this little guy. So there's yep. the mag release. What do you mm -hmm. think that little guy? That looks that's like your, a bolt release. That's your, bolt? that's your ambi bolt release, I would say. Mm, kind of like the BCLs had, right? Yeah. Yeah, or the mm. the modern environment, modern hunter. Mm -hmm. What is mm -hmm. this witchcraft? It's got a bolt release on Who's the right hand side. That it's is amazing. Quite literally. That's amazing. What's that? What's that, Kyle? It's quite literally the same. Right there. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You've got one. Wait, I'll yeah. stop. I'll stop sharing screen. So, right there. Amazing. Yeah. Do you even know how to gun? No. 
Yeah, it's that. Um, oh, but on this, yes. yeah. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a bad lever, but on the side of the receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a weak point on the one eighties. A lot of the, none of the none of the one eighties have a very good bolt release. That is a very good bolt release. That's a that's a gamer go fast bolt release. I like. When you it. held that thing up, F, you just confused every American listener watching. Like, what does that Canadian have out there? Assault rifle. All right, yeah. who's making this, Adriel? How much? Where do I buy one? Yeah, I'm thinking the no same price thing. yet. There's no price yet, but it's, who's it's making sterling. it? Sterling, uh, Sterling, yeah, Sterling's bringing them in, yeah. No, that's gonna be the best uh, one eighty out there. Left side charge only. Uh, you notice there, there's only yep. there's a right ejection, but left side charge only. Like that the only is time perfect. anything on the that left is, is the, correct. That is the gamer rifle right there. Oh, Credit card on standby. Yep. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kelly, do you need a kidney? Uh, Yours hmm. must be starting to go. Really? <laughs> really? Did I ever tell you about you the time three? I ended up in the hospital or mocked a hospital with kidney? I had my kidney. No, and you're it. not going to tell us tonight either. We don't have time. Angel's got to go. Moving on. <laughs> time for our main topic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Poor Mo. Mo was like thinking he was going to get the gears tonight. K- Kelly, I'm happy to listen later if you want to tell me about it. Uh, you look. I can't even tell where she stops and you start. Your head so far up her ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the main topic tonight, kind of timely since I'm going to be going to an indoor match uh, in a week from this weekend. I thought it would be cool for us to um, compare and contrast shooting indoors to shooting outdoors and then maybe trail off into specifically shooting matches compared to indoors and outdoors because obviously uh, Mo just shot in the rain and that's not something you have to do when you shoot a match indoors. No. But... um, so I threw uh, I threw a couple of things in here that you need to keep in mind if you're switching to indoor shooting, maybe for the first time or for the winter, and that is uh, air quality. Um, you guys who've been around long enough know that my lead levels were to the point where the doctor said, you know what, just go ahead and die. You won't listen to me. I give up. Do what you want. And that happened because, and now I'm paraphrasing, but only slightly, um, my lead levels were high. Uh, when I went to Meg 40, I came back and Misada Yub was telling us all, if you're shooting, if you're shooting indoors, if you're doing any reloading, you need to stay on top of your lead levels, go get them checked. And, um, so when I came home and I had only been in for a year and hadn't even shot indoors at that time and the, my lead level was high. And, uh, so, okay. So just be a smarter reloader and clean up more and stuff like that. Uh, a little while later, I got it checked, and he said it's even higher. Don't reload and don't shoot for three months. So I took three months off, and I was scheduled to go for blood work before going to an indoor match, and I had to put it off until after the indoor match. Unfortunately, it was a scheduling conflict. So I went to one indoor match after doing nothing for three months, and it had skyrocketed to, like, I don't know, 10 times whatever it was before. And uh, he's like, obviously, you're not listening don't bring up your lead levels to me anymore. Best of luck, Sparky. So, so it doesn't matter, uh, you know, the fancy scrubbers and the air circulation and all that stuff. Um, when the CFO goes in to test or to inspect an indoor range, I really don't think air quality is on their checklist. I think they're more concerned with baffling and, and stuff like that. So if you are going to shoot inside, 
um, do it sparingly and keep an eye on your lead levels. Um, so what about you? Where are you guys at with that? Have you uh, had, like, I've been to indoor ranges where, like, I start to get, like, this weird, sweet, phlegmy feeling in the back of my throat. Kelly, you're nodding. Have you ever experienced anything like that in an indoor range? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. That, that can't be good, right? No. Sweetness is from the lid. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so indoor ranges, I, I dislike the indoor ranges for just that. Like, ventilation, you can have all the ventilation in the world. And the only time I shoot indoors is winter time when yeah. it's cold out. And trying to keep heat and ventilation on there still have everything cranked but pulling black shit out of my nose immediately afterwards and it's not necessarily phlegminess in my vote my uh, throat i get dry mouth like hardcore after an hour session indoors there you go so like maybe for you an hour is like that's it <laughs> i'm going like i've stepped outside i've been in and i did to like i just can't anymore and I've gone outside to get some air and come back. Um, the indoor range that I shoot at now has um, required plated bullets only. Nothing else. No wax, no, no powder no. coating. Like those X-Metal things that I used to shoot, they smoked like a muzzle loader outdoors. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so they, yeah. even worse inside. So that's a no-go for that range anymore. Plated mm -hmm. only. Okay. I didn't really have a chance to go to indoor ranges over the last two years. They've been like because of not COVID. allowing, yeah, because of COVID. Like yeah. even right now, if, if I if if I were to go right now, you'd have to do the Vax passport and everything. So a lot of them just aren't open. They're just not doing anything right now. Gotcha. Ours so is currently open for two years. Ours is Grand currently Pearl open, here. but we're not doing matches. Um, but um, Frontenac, we've invested so much money into an air exchange. It's one of the best in Ontario, and they are. We have it at different levels on the actual indoor range as well. I would, I don't care if I can shoot outside. I'll continue to shoot outside. If it's 20 below, I'll shoot outside. But I'll shoot indoors if I have to. And typically it'll be pistol and just, uh, I'm not doing matches indoors right now. Or FRPC has decided it's not going to be doing matches indoors this winter because of the Vax Pass. That's it. But we also have to make sure that some of the other things that happen with it, too, is um, when you're sweeping up, you're picking up all the your oh, yeah, grass and really. everything. Make sure yep. that you're putting down the media as well because you're stirring up lead if you're doing it that way, too. Like, you just have to you so much be, more yeah, maintenance. Real smart about it. And you're absolutely right. It's not just about you know what's in the air that that stuff lands in the ground. And then when mm -hmm. you start sweeping up at the end, you're just stirring it all up again. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen guys wearing respirators at indoor ranges and, uh, you know, it looks goofy, but I understand why they do it. I won't do oh, it, yeah. but I'm not going to judge them for doing it. It's yeah. the one time where wearing a mask doesn't get you called the sheep. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Are there any signs of uh, when your le uh, lead levels start going up? Start selling um, all your guns and buying RC cars. <laughs> <laughs> so the joke is, Mo, if you can't remember the last time you got a hurt on, it's time to get your lead levels checked because it causes memory loss and impotency. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> tell me to laugh. Dude. There's so many men yeah. that would actually happen to. Yeah, they should all be go. checking their lead. Yeah. So all of a sudden, so like if Sorry, what did over... you just say? Can you repeat that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> the joke, Mo. 
is if you can't remember the last time you got a hurt on, it's time to get your lead checked. <laughs> got because it, got impetus, it. impotency and memory loss are two possible side effects of lead poisoning. Okay. So if you're in your 30s. Which I'm not. <laughs> and you can't remember where you put your hearing protection. You got to get your lead checked. If you're your age, Mo, it's just normal, man. You're old. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's so, distracting. Um, so how often would you be? Okay. So good question. If you're only able to shoot indoors, how often would you shoot indoors? I've I mean, done it I, like once every week. And once it, a week? Oh, wow. That's a lot. Well, we do training like once once a week, and that's what we do too. Like Ipsic or defensive pistol. Yep. So, um. Yeah. During the winter, and when when whenever possible, I I go once a month, uh, in the winter time. But uh, I know guys that do once a week, and then uh, on top of that, sometimes twice a week, including that weekend match. So. Yeah, if mm -hmm. you're sh if you're shooting once a week, you need to you definitely need to go get checked if you haven't. So, well, I'm scared um, to go get checked. I, I'm gonna <laughs> so go now. Okay. Well, that's true. It's true, Kyle. A lot of guys yeah. don't want to go because they don't want to know. Yeah, like yeah. I had to do I'm a hard stop now. once for three months. I'll tell you. Um, oh, sorry, Kelly. No, go ahead. I was gonna say like we were talking about cleaning up. That is one thing that. I will do religiously like, after cleaning up the brass and if I brass chicken or whatever that night, whatever. First thing I do is I'm at that sink with the soap, washing my hands, mm -hmm. making sure that. Let off. Let off works too. Yeah. Let off works too. If I happen to have some in my bag, I, I'll use that. But we have the bathrooms right there. So there's soap, mm -hmm. everything there. Um, let off is good for that. Strip off your clothes too. Don't even come in the house. Well, that was the other thing, Kelly. Like, um, Christina got her lead levels checked, and uh, for some reason, hers was elevated. So we were like, "Oh, well, uh, I must be contaminating the wash or something." So yeah, you know what? For you, it, you have an older home, and the uh, infrastructure. I'm wondering if it was lead pipes. This was mm -hmm. both homes, though, right? Like okay. the whole lead thing started in our other bungalow that was like forty well, or fifty years newer than this one. So, but you're in. Mm -hmm. The town, correct? Still? Uh, well, we're in a different place. The lead level's been high in two, in two different homes. Mm. So, yeah. it could be the water the pipes, lead water, water pipes. pipes. The no, actual there's... town infrastructure. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, yes, that's a possibility. So, and yeah. you know what, Kelly? I wanted to get our lead or our water level checked for that. Like, if you are selling your house, they get, they do a water test, but they actually don't check for lead. That's the first place I called. I'm like, all right, so I want to get a water test. Um, they're like, okay, you selling your house? I'm like, no, I just want to see if there's any lead in my water. Oh, well, uh, we don't do that here, but we can send it away. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, here's my name and number. Let me know when we can do this. They never called me back. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So okay. um, the next thing you got to consider when shooting indoors, I would say, is hearing protection, especially yeah. if you're mm -hmm. shooting a competition and somebody's shooting an open gun. Mm -hmm. um double plugging is obviously the best route to protect your hearing but it's the least practical option so i think the my best suggestion would be a quality set of electronic hearing protection with a real good seal and uh if you're if you're not in a competition 
and you're just standing static on a shooting line by yourself, yeah, go ahead, double plug, triple plug, whatever, right? Yeah. I've been in shooting ranges, indoor ranges in a basement where one guy's got a 22 and then there's a guy shooting a center fire 30 caliber rifle down range. Okay. So when, when that goes off, everything rattles. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to step up your hearing protection when you're indoors. And I believe you have to step up your eye protection when you're indoors. I, I wear eyeglasses, Mo wears eyeglasses and we get away with shooting on ranges with these, especially if you have safety ranges. I've never been on a range where someone has said your eyeglasses will not do. You need to put on actual Mm -hmm. ballistic eyewear. Yeah, never. Mm -hmm. Never. Nope. But indoors, I'm not doing it because I believe that the uh, ricochet hazard indoors is far greater than outdoors. I know a story of um, a law enforcement officer who lost his eye. There was a baffle uh, in the ceiling that had been hit so many times it started to get like a groove in it, a concave. And, oh, that's not good. Uh, yeah. So the round went up. Kelly hit it and came back and went in just underneath his glasses, wow. penetrated and, and took out the eye. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't, don't mess around with your eyes indoors is just too much potential for, and I've never seen it, but I mean, like I'm shooting in an indoor range. I'm surrounded by well, concrete. On, yeah. There's going to be a blowback. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, depending on the baffle system and the back, mm-hmm. the ceiling, whatever it can happen. So, so um, your recommendation is to, if you, for obviously ballistic grade eye protection, actual, even well, the, along what you're saying, just basic safety glasses, rated so safety, safety glasses. glasses. But if you're if you're like me and Trevor, blind as bots, without our glasses. Yeah, I, I do contacts and and actual uh, Rudy Project shooting glasses now with ballistic lenses. Yep. Got to uh, yeah, and something that wraps around the side, like eyeglasses don't right. So mm-hmm. um, yep. Uh, now, um, matches. So, yeah, Mo, what about him? Mo, yeah. you shot your first indoor match and uh, you're still kind of new to Ipsic. How did it compare in contrast to shooting outdoors? What was your experience like? Well, it's in terms of uh, movement and um, I guess. Oh, well, wait now. Question. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, the indoor match you shot was in Quebec? Yeah, that's another factor. So at CTM, it gets even more interesting because they're one of the ranges that the CFO has not allowed, uh, does not allow forward movement. So everything is lateral. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know, the CFO in Quebec has put a um, an extra restriction on action shooting. They're not allowed to move forward or backwards. So all at of their cer- at are- certain ranges, they're allowed to move forward. Oh, so that's it's, new to me. It's 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 based on the range and what the CFO has approved for that range. Oh, so there are some matches where the forward and movement is allowed, okay. uh, but going backwards is not every, it, anywhere. Okay. Yes. So. yes. Yeah. Now I'm fortunate. The indoor range that I shoot indoor or I shoot IPSC matches, it's the same as outdoors. We can we can do whatever we want as long as we don't break the 180. We move down. We move up. We move whatever we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, Which and, is good and then um, you're limited. For for CTM, it gets even more interesting because they have the they have the right the rifle range and they have the the pistol range. In the rifle range, the the shooting area is only in front of the in, in front of the booths. 
So basically, the the targets are all set up behind the obviously behind the booths, but the shooter is always in front, going left to right, right to left, but always in front of of the uh, of the shooting booths. But then on the pistol side, they have a, like a green painted area inside of the booths that they can actually have the the shooters in that position. Okay. So they have even by in the same like at the same shooting range, they have different rules for the different. Uh, sections i guess so let's so. let's let's try and put and put that aside and just like um your 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 ipsic shooting indoor matches compared to outdoor you know okay we talked about range well, a variety of the, the way the stages are set up the length of them like i mean in the, the ontario can... one that i did at which yeah. which was at waterloo they like they had some nice like long running areas and it was really spread out and there's I can't imagine an indoor range that would have been able to do, you know, many of those stages the way they were laid out and stuff. Just space wise, it's you know impossible. So, and now, um, typically an indoor range, you've got a, a a berm, not a berm, but a, a backstop, uh, cement you walls a, on the side. Yeah, you you got a backstop downrange, and yeah. normally your rounds are from the shooting line straight downrange into that backstop now have you shot any um indoor matches where you're able to shoot at angles or is everything no i've I've shot guelph and i've shot peterborough those were both inside and i'm gonna say ours is set up no no i'm gonna say no i'm I'm trying to i'm trying to picture all the stages and stuff and no, I don't think so. I don't okay. think we shot talking. slight angles before, slight angles, but it was yeah. all rear impact. So everything is still at the one and only backstop downrange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes See. sense. Yeah. So all right. So very fortunate. My experience has been different, where the range has constructed bullet traps. They're portable backstops on wheels made of a steel mm. frame construction. Mm-hmm. So you could maybe start literally two meters from the intended backstop run backwards up range engaging targets on your way back in these bullet traps on the way Very cross good. cross the 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 range parallel to the backstop and then proceed down range again to a whole new array mm-hmm. of bullet traps at our range good. you can 10 meters is the closest you can get oh wow See, a- we've got two bays mm-hmm. it's a two-story range and each range is 25 meters. Hello. So we move the um, the the shooting line with the individual like stalls, if you will, is all modular. That all gets disassembled and, and taken aside. And then so, and we do another thing, Mo, where let's say you, you have a short, medium, and a long. Mm-hmm. So these targets Apparently here. Half and I are not here, Mo. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not here. Don't, so. don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. Go ahead, Trevor. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Mo. These these targets over here are like stage one, and then these targets then get joined with these targets, and that's stage two, and now that's a medium. And yeah. then so you got like three yeah. shorts, a medium, and a long when you combine them all. You got to kind of yeah. no choice yeah. to do something like that. So yeah, they got to get creative on how they move stuff around, right? So. Yeah. So well, it's interesting you're talking about the portable walls because I have shot indoor matches where it wasn't the walls, but you shot up front and you ran out to the back and it you're shooting into the ground they had a box on the ground that you could shoot at the ground and they had targets right in there and they made like a little little mini house that you went around the side the 
perimeter of it and there was ports that you could see different targets as you went around the ports but it's still into the one and only backstop at the no that's at, into no? the floor okay oh interesting well, yeah you're at the port shooting at the floor and there was a box built up to capture the bullet so it didn't damage the floor in that cool so similar idea to what you're saying with the portable walls that you move around gotcha the, i wouldn't call them walls kyle because they're not like they're they're bullet traps and they're maybe four feet high and four feet wide mm. on on, okay. on a almost like on a dolly with wheels so kelly i was going to talk to you next not because you're it's just coincidence i'm not doing it because you, uh, you nope, know it's fine butt hurt but uh just because that's where apparently I you and mo are bros so okay well, well you know. not only that you look like each other so you might be twins so go right. ahead Okay, so um, have you ever been able to adapt a maple seed to an indoor range? Is that a thing that's happened yet? Yeah, we can do that, but we hate doing indoor. So, but it has happened. So, perfect. I'm glad you said you hate indoor. Please expand on that. We're comparing and contrasting indoor versus outdoor. Why do you hate indoors as opposed to outdoors? One, One reason that we hate indoors is because we can't do as many people. Because typically ranges don't ha- like we need Not at least wide thirty enough for the shooting line. Yeah, thirty meters yeah. to. What about uh, relays? Have you tried it with relays, or is that just not even a practical thing? Yeah, we've discussed relays, and we have uh, we have tried the relays. It's not practical at all. Okay. The other thing with um, just oh, literally, we would take twice as long, right? Holy smokes! Literally, yeah. and also with the stalls themselves, like a lot of ranges have stalls that are uh, yeah. secured to the floor at the twenty-five meter. It means that it's Can't just not practical for yeah. exactly. You can like at my range, you can lift up the table and it's, mm-hmm. but it's a meter and a half. You cannot get the person in there to give them to situate their body at all. So it's just not practical from that yeah. perspective. Not only that, you're going to leave things on the line. You're going to step back from your rifle. And then where are we going to do the instruction? Like there's typically not a lot of instruction between the, or sorry, not a lot of, space between the firing line itself and to the back of the back of the um the range were so you, but, were you were you ever in the cinema range at the calgary shooting center yep yeah that might be okay but again yeah, that would you're, be li- good. You, you're limited to group size though mm-hmm. yeah 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 where typically you get like what 20 people 20 to a maple seed you'd have to like go seven yeah and yeah. in some areas, that'll be okay. Like, for example, New Brunswick or someplace like that where we have a lower where we have a lower participation rate, whereas in Ontario, it's not really practical. If I can do like, – that's why I'm thinking about doing a winter seat. If I can do it outside mm-hmm. on 25-meter range, I'm going to do it out there. You might freeze a little, your bum off a little bit, but you'll still have fun. Mm-hmm. I can get more people through. Yeah. Well, and you don't have to deal with lead. You don't have to deal with the cleanup or anything like that as well. Oh man, you're, that's a sick, Kelly. When you're when you're at a maple seed, you're there for the long haul. Can you imagine being in there all day? You would literally, for okay. health and safety reasons, exactly. like say, okay, we're going outside for a little while. Well, the the round count. So if you have yeah. ten to fifteen people, and the round counts three hundred fifty rounds. Nope. <laughs> Well, nope. b- black badges are done at indoor ranges, and I was gonna say, and the shooters are there I... two days, yeah. eight, uh, 16 hours, right? Yeah, and it's just constant shooting. So, yeah, that's true. yeah, that's very mm-hmm. true as well. Ooh. I'm gonna tell you about a range that I went to down in Michigan. We had a uh, an instructor boot camp down there, the range itself. <laughs> so it was uh, an indoor range. Uh, they had 
no air exchange at all. At the back of the range, uh, people would shoot and they had plywood backers, literal plywood backers uh, that they put up and people would post their targets and shoot into it. It looked like almost like um, where you would actually have uh, darts and you'd throw like a dartboard. Anyways, uh, and again, as I said, there was no air exchange or anything like that. So it looked like a hall, basically. So people would shoot indoors, and it was a hall. And then right beside it was their kitchen where they prepped dinner and everything like that. <laughs> oh, oh. And then when things got, then they switched over. When they were done shooting, they brought out the tables, and then people would sit down and have dinner there. <laughs> and we had a boot camp, and people slept there. I'm going, no, no, no. Wow. No, no. Oh. No, no. If you're listening, so go did- get checked. Fantastic. Did any at least turn on the hood fan above the stove? I guess I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm going, no, no, I'm not going to be sleeping here. No, and nope. also, no. no, no, I'm going. Oh my god, has anybody wow. ever thought about lead? That was the worst I've ever seen. True story, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, well, and one of the points I was going to make is uh, <clears throat> and it's kind of like maple seed ties into this and that is most of the things that happen at shooting uh indoor ranges is static uh, sometimes it just there's no way you can't uh, tear things down and make a um make stages and, and stuff like that there's just so um well that's it too because you only have a limited space in an indoor range so how many stages you're going to be able to put in and then you have to tear it down and put up another stage yep yeah, and like uh, we, um, um, Jim, the match director, typically uh, for some of the indoor matches, like Spring Bang in Nova Scotia, is uh, sometimes it's a level three indoor match, and it's like for this stage, make sure this wall is here, and then the instructions can sometimes be convoluted. They make sense to him because he wrote them, and then he'll explain it to the C to the CROs. Do you get it? The CROs are smiling and nodding because they're all scared of Jim Smith and intimidated. Yeah, yeah, we get it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you you walk by and you watch the other squad shoot it and they're doing it different than you because they didn't get it and they set it up wrong and uh, there's a reshoot. And so some of the some of the things that typically don't happen outdoors, but uh but, well but Kelly was talking about Yeah, you get to no. shoot. You're talking about tear down and reset up. Like out here for our indoor Ipsic matches, basically, you have two separate bays that you can shoot. You don't hold an indoor Ipsic match because they do exactly what Trevor was saying, where you'll have three stages already built and it'll be a short, medium, and then long, where long encompasses everything. And so you'll get your six stages in your day between oh, the yeah, two we, days. And yeah. We do well. The guys are creative, Kyle. We've got two stories, so call it two bays. Mm-hmm. And I will shoot no less than eight stages next week. I promise mm-hmm. you. Like our round counts out here are always high. Like he's talking about a four stage match, even if they were all 32 rounders. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, obviously, you gotta get eight rounds. I think I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Okay, 108 rounds. Yeah. We used to we used to have a saying in New Brunswick, we don't get out of bed for anything under two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> I was already uh, up anyways, so Oh there you go. Well at your age you get up to pee sixteen times a night. So eventually one of those times you just say fuck it and don't go back to bed. What's that uh, what's that match where it was it's all day and it's like 
Oh, that's the like, Hampton 250. And so right. it used to be held on the, it's still held on the Equinox, the longest day of the year. It was crazy, Kelly. It was like, uh, well, it's 250 rounds. They used to have a lot of stages. Like, and you're, you're right, it was like all day you would be on. Well, and I mean, like for us, hardcore people, it was all day because you didn't leave the range when the match was over and everything's closed. The bottles come out and the fire starts and the guitars start playing. And oh, it's such a good time. It's literally after SummerSlam, my favorite match. And actually, in a lot of ways, it is my favorite match because. I've worked it in the capacity. I've, I've been a CRO. I've been a range master uh, at that match, but I've never been responsible for building it or tearing it down or anything. So um, I, when I go there, I'm a guest and I can just, you know, shoot Relax. and then, yeah, and then hang out with the crew and there's such good people down there. So um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, imagine doing that door. So one other thing that I'd like to mention, and then I'll turn it over to you guys for any final thoughts is to keep in mind your footwear when you're indoors, especially if you're shooting an indoor action shooting match. What provides traction outside on the dirt may be a nightmare on concrete. So before you start running around with a loaded handgun inside concrete barriers, um, make sure that you've got the appropriate footwear and you're going to get some traction and not slip and fall on the concrete. So... um, you know, take a couple of quick steps and stop without a gun in your hand first before you start running around. It's something you take for granted. You put shoes on every day. You don't think about them, right? But uh, the the speed cross that you use outside may not work so good on concrete. So just a little pro tip. Keep that in mind. That You, may, uh, you mean Adriel can't wear his cleats? Adriel can wear whatever he wants. It's his, as long as he doesn't shoot anybody when he falls, it's really his problem. I'm not the boss, Adriel. So. Baseball cleats on an indoor polished floor amazing yeah Yeah. it's fun if you're not trying to shoot a gun yeah you just flat foot the whole way yeah cleats cleats are also great until you hit wet wood and then you might Mm -hmm. as well be on ice oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. all right anybody anybody else want to add something to this before we shuffle our way on to listener feedback yep i just want to i oh sorry Speaking of somebody up at somebody's butt. <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Her jokes rarely land. Oh, you get used to it and you just wait for her to like work through it. And, and this on. might be complicated. Like, let it play out. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm good. Uh, Go ahead. Good I, I, like that. I had one last thing. I just like, I know we got kind of been knocking the indoor matches, but I'm glad we have them because it would. Oh, yes. not yeah. to shoot all winter in this country, right? To, oh, Mo, I was going to say the same thing. Matches in the summer would, be, you know, would be. Oh, hundred percent, right? Mo. If I had to pick between shooting indoors and not shooting at all, sign me up. Yeah, you right. know, just just know what you're getting into and take care of yourself a little bit differently. That's all. Yeah, it's it's and, nice and, to have the option, right? So right, and you and you don't know what you don't know, and we've all had indoor experience. So I thought it would be a good idea that we share some of those experiences with the yeah. listeners. So, quite frankly, I'll shoot outside if I can, but I I love the ability to shoot inside if I if I if you know if it's there. Mm-hmm. Just take precautions. So. Uh, Russ is talking about uh, the range that he belongs to. They clean it twice a year, and that includes washing down uh, the walls and also the special company that uh, for the wastewater as well. So uh, my uh, my range does that as well. 
come yeah, in. CPM does, did that yeah. before the match too. They do a full full clean down. Yep. Yeah, the wastewater. That's something else too. You really shouldn't be like Drinking hosing that water. place down and yeah. putting it into the uh, local sewage system. Yep. So yeah. even those guys that are using wet tumblers to clean their brass and then dumping that down the sink into the municipal system. Mm. Yeah, don't dump it down your kitchen sink, please. No. Where else I have a septic end? field. There you go. It goes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, all right. So um, um, I got a couple back. things. Oh, sorry, Kyle. That's all right. Go ahead, man. Uh, well, I just wanted to elaborate on the floor thing like most ranges it's not just concrete it's a polished concrete concrete and that that's one reason why i don't necessarily enjoy shooting indoor matches i'll definitely go do them they'll fill up fast but i'll go do them but they're definitely not my favorite because it is polished and i haven't found a set of footwear that lets you move on that type of floor Running especially shoes. when you get a little bit of dust on there i yeah, had that same thing the too. soft the yeah. soft sole running shoes Every shoe I've worn in, it's still. No. Yes, obviously some are better than others, but it's something you get really gotta watch and really work on running flat-footed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't be afraid to get out there and and see how nimble you can be with the shoes on. As I said, with the gun in the safety area before you start, you know, timer goes beep, you take off running. And there, I don't know if the video is still out there. There is video of me slipping at an indoor range, and it looked pretty greasy. Um, didn't break the 180, didn't sweep myself, but it was obvious that I was doing my best to regain control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. cool. And I kind of wanted to bring up, uh, Mike had posted here, uh, safety glasses are not the same as ballistic glasses. That's correct. While he's correct, and I think this is before when I said just, basic safety glasses you did and it's fitting i'm wearing the shirt we all saw that basic safety glasses will still do the job on the range yeah ballistic are better though yes they are better but if nothing else like all four of us are wearing eyeglasses bastard stop arguing with mike (laughs) (laughs) i'm not arguing like he's practically telling him to go with nothing on no, he's not. Mike, you don't even need to wear glasses, according to Kyle. Don't listen to Kyle. He hates you. Hi, Mike. Wow, that bus, that, that came fast. <laughs> dunk, dunk. So, Anywho. I mean, I mean uh, yeah, I'd rather have safety glasses that wrap around than my glasses, but ultimately... Yeah. No, no, I'm saying just... That, yeah. Yeah, but you're wrong. You're saying it, but you're wrong. The point <laughs> we're trying to make here is up your game indoors because the potential for an accident is greater so your uh protection should be greater yeah kelly kelly wants to agree with me but she doesn't want to be seen as taking my side i will not disagree with you (laughs) having technical difficulties say Say the words he's right i love it (laughs) Uh, it hurt and i'm not saying you're wrong no, but I'm saying you're wrong. Guys. Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> so what here? What Kyle? You're misunderstanding say, me. What Do Kyle I need is... to mansplain it to you, Trevor? <laughs> Please, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me more about how safety glasses are okay. No, no go Kyle... ahead and actually make your point, Kyle. Sorry, Kelly. Okay, so I wasn't saying nothing, but safety glasses—you get a two-pound lug out of a 50 BMG, hit it, and it saves your fate, your eye, and your life. Mm-hmm. I'd say that pretty much says it 
it does a pretty darn good job surprising good job yes not the same as ballistic but better than what's on my face right now what the heck in other words oh well when all else fails and you have just safety glasses wear the freaking safety glasses yeah, yeah, but if you're going inside and you can afford ballistic eyewear, get ballistic eyewear. What is going on with his pants? <laughs> well, they're pajamas, for one. I forgot oh to plug God. in my computer. Did I'm you go to Walmart? From, I'm working from... I haven't been to Walmart in this entire pandemic. Well, I love speaking it. Speaking of which, you're in the gun room, but... like, did you read He's not it? in the gun room. I'm in he the is gun in room. the gun room because he has no guns. We'll just call it the room now. Formerly the gun room. There. <laughs> Well, yeah. So I bent over to pick up the um, no, notice the shirt, right? I bent over to pick up the power cord from my laptop, and I found a five nine seven extractor sitting on the floor. <laughs> well, where's the five nine seven? It goes with. Away. Away. Marcel has it. Oh. All right. Yes. So, Heffy, you're saying. Safety glasses are good uh, enough for indoors. Hefe. Hefe is, is my thing. There's no E at the end of that. Hefe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're saying. At least you could say Hefe. Half is sitting in the grotto. That's why he has half. All right, Kyle. So <laughs> yes. your point is safety glasses are good enough. They are surprisingly good. I would think so. They're safety glasses. If they failed every time you use them, why would anybody have them? That's safe. <laughs> not not yeah. safety glasses, safety glasses. <laughs> <laughs> not really for safety. safety. No. I just say I have more faith in them now than yeah. I did, say, a year ago. Okay. Is that because of... I think like, the cheap, like, $2 construction safety glasses. Mm. And that is, like, after Kentucky Ballistics, as that's exactly what he was wearing. I have no faith and that in lug that. come off the back of that 50 cal with that slap yeah. round, and that's saved it from going through his skull. I was very impressed by how well those glasses worked. You're not wrong. That mm -hmm. was a scary ass video. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I gotta say, that was like probably my biggest takeaway because I don't get to play with 50 cals or slap rounds very often. That was my <laughs> biggest takeaway from that was how well those cheap-ass construction safety glasses worked. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm sure, man, like, oh, this is a 50 BMG. I better not use these. I better go buy a $300 pair of ballistic glasses. No. No, but he cheaped out oh. on the 50 BMG, too. Yeah, there you go. So, anyway, that could have went horribly wrong, but it didn't. So, But, you know what, Kyle? That's a good point. If it can take that, it's going to take any piece of 147 grain coming at you from 25 meters, probably. So, mm -hmm. yeah, cool. Anything else you guys want to fight about before we move on? We'll find uh, something later, I'm sure. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot blowing, parkerizing, Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his inventory, online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at www.dcgunsmith.ca. You can also follow him on the Facebooks at uh, Facebook slash Armory DC Gunsmith and the Instagrams. Is there any Facebook comments that we need to address or we've we been kind of checking them off as we no. go? 
Yeah, we kind of been checking them off as we go. All righty. Okay, who would like to take this uh, essay? Uh, the host, so you choose. You're here. Yeah, oh. no. You know what? No, 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 no. Oh. No, no. This is from our friend down in the south. This one's for you, Trevor, because he's been waiting for you to come back on. Oh, man. oh it's a special email. Okay. Spencer, Spencer. Spencer the Whale. All right. He says... Hey guys, it's been a while, but I hope every everyone is well. I won't make this a long one, said Spencer, never. All right. <laughs> I won't make this a long one, but there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up about your last episode on safety. First of all, it was an excellent interview. It was far more information on what I on what probably happened on that set than anything I've seen any place else else. I'm guessing that armorers in the United States don't have any kind of legal backstop that you do in Canada. One of the very rare cases where licensing is actually a good thing. I also wanted to mention on an area of safety that is overlooked almost all the time. I'm sure Adriel wears safety glasses when he's hacking away at a gun with a Dremel, but how many of you guys wear iPro when you clean guns? Well, so... Everybody that worked in the gun shop where I worked wore regular eyeglasses. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when you're a trained gunsmith and you're in class, they require you to do it. How many of those gunsmiths keep that habit? I don't know. And when I'm at home, I like, I just don't know. I just, I mean, I know I don't want to get solvent in my eye. I just take it for granted because I'm wearing glasses, but, and everyone on this podcast is wearing glasses. So we're all blind. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, he raises a really, really good point. You wouldn't want some hoppies number nine in the eye. Yeah. Back when CRR was still a podcast, I learned the hard way to wear some kind of eye protection when cleaning. I was using gun scrubber on a pistol and a doppel of it splashed back. I think that's a dollop. You know what, Kelly? I will pronounce the fucking word however I want, okay? And if you don't like it, you can read the fucking email yourself. Luckily, the seventh grade shop class took over, and I remembered to irrigate or irrigate or irate or... To me right now. Agitate, masturbate, my eye in the sink. But after that, I always wear some kind of glasses when cleaning, when I clean guns. I also wear them now when gunsmithing. Ever since I got a, I got a spring that flew out and gouged my cheek just below my right eye. Of course, those are usually just reading glasses these days. Otherwise, I'd never see those silly thing, little parts. Also, you mentioned masses and D. I think it was about to a year back now when he wrote about his wrote about it in his column in Backwoods magazine. Both he and the student cleared a gun he was going to use to demonstrate a point. Somehow they both missed a nickel plated round that was still in the chamber and he got a bang when he was expecting a click. Scary of course, shit. the gun was pointed in the safe direction, so the only thing that shot was the berm. But I still, it still goes to show how even the most experienced gun owners can slip up. That's it for now, and happy Halloween, Spencer. So, yeah, I did the same thing. Um, I shot a berm once. I was expecting a 
uh, yep. click and I got a bang. So that's why there's more than one safety rule, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's uh, redundancies built into those. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kelly, hello, Slamfire. Hello, Slamfire. A little show idea here. Well, some filler material anyways. It would be interesting to hear a quick interview with any any new Maple Seed high score setting shooter. So uh, just to give a little uh, context to this, there was recently being two days ago, there was somebody who shot at 249 at the Winnipeg um, Maple Seed that happened. So just let you know. What's their history in shooting? Uh, was it their first Maple Seed? And what are their future plans for completely dominating the shooters, shooting sports? Uh, this would be a nice little plug for Maple Seed. I think we talk about Maple Seed a lot on here, anyways. And uh, and I'm sure most people uh, who've ever attended an event would be interested in interested in to hear about it. Uh, P.S. That last episode with Justin Lang was very interesting and informative. Thanks for making it happen, Charlie H. So, uh, yeah, I think that that would be a great idea to get uh, Sean on to talk about his history. I don't know exactly what it is, uh, but get him on. 249, closest to perfect there is, without getting perfect, obviously. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting sure. because we posted the picture and uh, Rick, Rick Antonio, uh, he commented on it with the hashtag standing sucks because he dropped the one point in the standing section mm. and it was i thought it was hilarious made me laugh giggled for about a good solid five minutes anyways that's it okay trevor? we lost trevor okay so <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh why don't we uh, move forward so mo why don't you read this one okay salutation slam fire crew after the beating Mo took from both Kelly and the audience for daring to suggest that Masada Yub had ever had a negligent discharge, it felt apropos to write in. Mr. Yub did indeed have negligent discharge at a Mag 40 class. While nobody was hurt, it goes to show it can happen to anybody. Uh, then he links the article. It's written by Masad himself and shows how the other layers of firearm safety in place prevented this from being disastrous and said it's simply being embarrassing and damaging to his reputation. More interestingly, the first line shows that this isn't his first negligent discharge, proving that it can happen to any of us and reinforcing why layers of firearm safety are important. Kyle witnessed firsthand these layers of safety, saving my bacon down in Utah. But that's a story for another day. Oh, we should get that on. Get him on for this. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, Mass experienced a lot of ridicule from this from the farms community back when it happened, but stepped up, owned his mistake, and turned it into a teaching moment for the farms community at large. Mo. <laughs> when you're right you're right own that shit uh despite how disagreeable your co-hosts may become <laughs> when they hear something that challenges their point of view hugs and kisses chad p.s kelly you're welcome and good night chad you're no longer my favorite thank you you're absolutely right mo you're right <laughs> and you're right you're right own that shit and okay. i know exactly the uh the thing he's talking about there so down in utah <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think all of us have had that one moment, or yeah. when we've had maybe a moment when we were on. Uh, maybe that shouldn't have happened. So yeah, well, yeah this this one was a definite didn't happen. Got flustered, and all of us were. Wait a minute, that 
just happened. That just happened. Yeah. 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 It all of us standing there. That just happened. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Like, like we've all been there when we've heard. So I was at a charity shoot when I heard a somebody's um, pistol go to full auto. We weren't tell about tell whose pistol it was, but it was somebody who's a co-host. Uh, at this most recent Maple Seed, I heard um, actually it was there was um, a rifle that also went full auto, so I took that off the line. So there's always there's always mm-hmm. stuff that happens where you're going, oh yep. shit. So or it's yep. always clearing your rifle or clearing your pistol and it's bang and it was supposed to be in click, that's not good. No. So we've had those moments. Yep. So but it happens. That's why there's multiple layers. Multiple. Aim at the berm. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm, yep. Okay. Go. Anyways, that was from yeah. That was from Chad, yeah. You want to do the one from Richard? Sure. Okay. So from Richard, I was interested in your conversation about cooking duck. I am a huge fan and have a suggestion for Adriel and Kelly. Sweet. It's simple. And how I cook duck so my kids will eat it. Just take the breasts to on any water duck, no coots, cut them into medallions no more than a quarter inch thick, and in a high heat frying pan, put some butter and crushed garlic. Cook the medallions no more than medium rare. Serve hot. Oh, that, that sounds good. very tasty. Yeah, it would be good. Mm. They taste like steak. The problem I see most do is overcook oh, the meat. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yep. If wild duck is more than medium rare, it gets a liver-like taste and texture. The lack of fat and density density of the meat makes it easy to overcook. I have never had any wild goose or duck cooked low and slow that didn't taste like crap. Hmm. Okay, it's great I will def- I will definitely take his duck cooking thing. I have done goose, wild goose on the smoker, and it did taste good. But uh, yeah, no duck. I, I think is tough, and that sound that just sounds delicious. Yeah. Well, the last uh, ducks that we did, we did them on. We did do low and slow, but we did it with the basted with the with um, sour cherry uh, relish, and it was actually really good. So Trevor just got deleted. Yes, Trevor got deleted. I don't know what happened. He's in the middle of nowhere, so internet just died. Anyways, so I I guess if you'd like to email the show, you can email the show at slamfairyreader@gmail.com. I'm gonna take over because he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon. We don't have any new Patreonies. Uh, if you would like to support the show, and you can do that through Patreon, go to patreon.com. Look for Slamfire Radio. It helps us uh, get the content to everyone. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, let's get into um, let's get into the shoutouts. Okay, well, you got shoutouts. Uh, I will just say all the people that stuck around at the end of the Eastern Ontario match to help with the teardown it, okay. it definitely in those conditions, you would, you know, you wouldn't blame people for wanting to get out of there after, you know, shooting in the rain for yeah. a few hours. But, uh, from what I saw, most of the people stuck around and it definitely made for lighter work. Right. So Do you know that you were in the same city as I was and we didn't see each other. Yeah, I guess we were close, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Too yeah. Sad. Makes me sad. Next time. Kyle, what about you? 
Uh, well, I thank the guys that came out on Saturday to work on the range. So there was Eldon, Chris, Matt, Carly, Lyle, Pete. Thank you guys. Another good day of work done. Cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'd like to give a shout out to all of the uh, Maple Seed instructors that came out on the weekend. I know it was freaking cold because it was rainy and miserable. Uh, but you guys did an awesome job. The line was super safe. Also, I wanted to thank the participants who all came out as well. It was an amazing uh, two days. Um, lots of fun was had. And finally, I want to give a shout out to Call Kincaid for coming out with me uh, duck hunting and uh, consoling me when I didn't get any ducks. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Uh Trevor's not going to join us again, I don't think. So let's move on. Let's move on and just close out the show. So check us out on Gunners Canada. Give us a like on Facebook. Uh, give us a review on Facebook too, because we have that uh, active now. Join the CCFR. Donate to the Legal Challenge. Uh, try and win a nice new uh, sign as well. And that's about it. So see y'all next week. See you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.